So one of the things I've been working on in the, in the off-season of winter here for the upcoming pool season, or you may call it summer, is my skills in the most competitive of all water games. Not the color game where someone, you know, is on the side there and they call out colors and then you have to swim across without them, you know, jumping and getting you. Not king of the mountain, not pool basketball, but Marco Polo. See, I have been training to work on my Marco Polo skills because I am in no way, shape, or form any good at it. There's just too many voices. Everybody's shouting, everybody's screaming, there's like splashing. I always have to peek. Eventually, you know, I just quit. But know this, Bridget, and your friends who are out there watching, those tears were from the chlorine, and I will find a way to win this game this year. Now, I feel enough has been said. Let's get into our text today where Jesus is preaching in Capernaum. So here we are. They went to Capernaum. When the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. A little context of what we're reading here. Notice that he's in the synagogue here. That's not the temple, but a synagogue is more of like an assembly hall. See, at each synagogue then, there was the ruler of the synagogue. Now, this ruler would act as almost like a librarian or a, a worship custodian, perhaps a school teacher to the little ones, but they themselves would not preach or expand on the Torah or the law. That usually fell either to the teachers of the law, the scribes, or in some cases to the laity, which is where we find Jesus here today. Now, when they say that he is being compared here, when they're comparing him as someone that they're amazed because he taught as one who had authority, they're most certainly comparing him to the teachers of the law or the scribes. And in the first century, before universal education, before uh, literacy, there was this great demand for these types of scribes throughout the ancient world, especially in Judaism. Now, we see these scribes kind of come into the picture as early as King David's reign. They were the ones who were responsible for counting, for, for reckoning, for keeping the written documents, and thus they eventually became the ones who were experts in the Torah or the law. They were responsible for quoting and remembering and telling. And so at the time of Christ here, they really were some of the most important figures in the society. Oftentimes they would be stopped on the street to bring clarity to a matter, be expected to quote and give sound wisdom, much like we see Jesus when people come up to him and say, teacher, teacher, make peace between me and my brother. So it wasn't that there was this guest teacher in Capernaum today that got everybody amazed. It was the way this guest teacher, it was the way that Jesus taught as someone with authority. Now, we hear the word authority, and in the parlance of our times, that is a strong word, is it not? It's a word filled with meaning, a word filled with force. It denotes permission, privilege, power, rule, control, influence. We hear authority, and we know that that person who, is authority, who has the authority is supposed to be at the top. They are to determine things, decide things. They wield certain rights. They have privileges, like I said. They have power. This is the person who has the privilege, power, permission to set the rules and to determine judgments and verdicts. We find authority throughout our society. In government, we find it in our homes. We find it even in our workplaces. In fact, you'll find it just about everywhere you look. And we do more than see it, don't we? We also experience authority. We sometimes perpetuate authority. We sometimes participate in authority. And we have become accustomed to authority. And many of the problems we see comes down to this misuse of authority. 
Because authority comes with power and the right to do. And when that is done wrong, we have a problem. And I think what is amazing about Jesus' authority was that it was markedly different than anything and anyone else. For here at the synagogue, we find authority. Here at the synagogue, not at the palace, not at the Roman fort, but here at the synagogue, someone has come with authority, not to overthrow whatever political occupation was there, not to change the, the economy or the social structure, not to be, bring changes to the state of the military or expand on something that had been previously talked about. Someone had finally come for the soul. Someone had come for the heart. Someone had come to teach about humility, to give a place to the broken, the beat down, the poor in spirit. Someone had come to show us, to teach us about peace on a permanent basis, not just between men, but peace with God, and someone had come with authority to do it. Someone with authority had now come to talk about the hopelessness of self-righteousness, of the mistake of trying to obtain salvation based on your own good works, about the hypocrisy of an image-based life. Someone had now come with authority to teach us about prayer, about love, about honesty, forgiveness, mercy, and about abundant life. And for when Jesus stood up to teach, he did not teach with any footnotes quoting someone. This wasn't an exposition of the latest commentary. Jesus just spoke, and he did it with authority because he has the authority. He speaks with the very words of God himself, and we will see that this authority brings healing for the sick, will forgive sins, will cast out demons. And as John says, and as we confess at the beginning of this service, to give the right to become children of God to all who believe in his name. Friends, I do not know what voices in your life have been getting the authority that you have chosen to give authority over you, have allowed to have power over you. But I know that if it's not the voice of Jesus, then it is time. It's time to, to surrender to the authority of the one who all authority in heaven and earth has been given to. It's time to let go of the voices that stir up trouble and that cry out in deceit. time to surrender and to come and let the voice of the good shepherd speak. To be those sheep who hear his voice, know his name, and listen to him. And see what happens when it does. Then a man in their synagogue, this man was known, friends. This is not some guy who's like a stranger, all right? Everybody knows this guy possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And the demon knows him. And he knows what's coming. But still he comes bopping up to Jesus like he's going to do something to him. 
Maybe he thinks this demon that by calling Jesus by his name that might work, thinking like many at the time that if you know the name of the God or spirit, you can control it. It's kind of like how we invoke the sacred middle name of our children. They know they're in trouble when we say that middle name. But it doesn't do the demon any good to know who Jesus is, for he has no power over Jesus. And we get a foretaste of the fight to come. In this first battle we see of Jesus versus the evil one, the match concludes just as fast as it begins, with Jesus simply saying, be quiet, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, comes out with a shriek. Authority. And when it comes to this authority, we learn who Jesus is by what Jesus does. We are witnesses of his authority, but what he has spoken and done in the text. We are witnesses of his authority by what he has spoken and done in our very lives. It is Jesus who has taken all that would defeat us, our sins, our mistakes, our, our misplaced hope and other authorities, and taken them to the cross to be nailed. All the things of this world have been disarmed all the powers and authorities. For Jesus has made a a public spectacle of them, like it says in Colossians, and triumphed over them there on the cross to be done and away with, to have the final say. And in his resurrection, we know here is the one who has all authority. His word and his work alone have the final say over you. him and him alone who has given you the right to become a child of God. First and foremost, we must cling to that. And more than that, he has not only just given us the right, has has placed his very name on us in baptism, given us his name, because there is great power and authority in the name of of Jesus. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread over the whole region. The inclusion of the word all here is emphasized in the Greek in which it was originally written. Meaning Mark does not want you to miss the word all. They were all so amazed amazed at the authority of the word and deed because of the defeat of evil. And in this case, specifically, that that defeat was not done at the expense of the victim, Satan's victim, but was done on their behalf. By the authority of Jesus, those who would be cast out of the community those who would be lost, those who would have nothing, who have no hope, find a home and find restoration. I said it before and I'll say it again. The one has come with authority. The one who will fight for those who are the victims. The one who will free those who cannot free themselves. Fight and win for those who are fighting against something stronger than themselves. We are in a fight for something that is bigger and stronger than us, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, the authorities of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
We fight against dragons. And alone, we cannot contend with them. It's like all the voices in the pool, all the shouting, all the noise. Who can stand? Who can conquer? Who could win? No one. And in my personal study this week, I was drawn to the text of 1 Kings. Elijah, who knew a lot about noise, knew a lot about shouting, knew a lot about powers and authority that were much bigger than him. Has the Lord come to him in a very unique way? The Lord says, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. There are many voices. There are many who claim to have authority. Maybe we have even let them. But friends, first and foremost, Jesus has the authority over who we are and what we are to do. It is Jesus Christ who will give you the strength to stand. It is He who has true authority. By His very words of His mouth, demons shriek and run and hide. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you have allowed to come into your heart and say, this is what matters most. But let the gentle whisper of our Lord Jesus come to you to break you if you are proud, to heal you if you are broken, so that you may turn and live in Him, to give your life to the one with authority, the final authority over all things. For it is Jesus Christ who writes the pages of your life. Now, I want to invite the band back up to, to lead us in a song. And as they're making their way up, friends, we must remember that moments of crisis, whether they are personal or global, are potential moments of faith when we can come together or we can fall apart. Can together turn back to Jesus and let His authority be what knits us together and makes us one. to turn from the wrong voices we are hearing and turn back to our Lord. We must together turn from all that would distract, all that would lead us astray. Turn to the page. Turn the page on those voices. Rest in the promises of the one whose words and voice is that of eternal life. You know, there's a reason we end every service we do here at St. John's with a blessing, a, a benediction, for we believe that there is power and authority in the name of our triune God. The benediction, the blessing, is the powerful name of God invoked upon the people of God so that we leave church and go with might and power throughout this week. We go with His name. His name that carries authority to love and to serve as His word directs.